Mana 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 this is Social Disgusting. Welcome to Social Disgusting, a podcast where my guests and I discuss our lives amidst the wanton hellscape in which we find ourselves. I am Brandon, aka Brandon. Hope you're well. My guest is an Arkansas-based food writer who created and maintains the excellent food blog, TheMightyRib.com, and it was written for AY Magazine, Rocks of the Eats, and Only in Arkansas, among others. Please welcome Kevin Shaven. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, yeah, the very fun, ever-loaded question, how are you? I'm doing I'm doing okay. I, you know, I'm a bit of an extrovert, so these this last several months have been kind of difficult for me, but I, I'm I'm handling it okay. Just trying to make the best of a rough situation uh and just realize that so many others have it a lot tougher than what I'm going through. But yeah, I'm just trying to do my best in covering the food scene in central Arkansas and and beyond and just have to get a little more creative than usual. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that specifically. As a food writer, how is, you know, and, and obviously there are specific and massive limitations with regard to dining, and that's what you, you know, for lack of a better word, traffic in. How has that been affected for you? I know here locally, there are so many more restaurants that previously didn't have the curbside. Mm-hmm. How has that been for you? It's been tough just because I'm pretty much not eating in-house right now. Yeah. I tried it a couple times over the last few months. Didn't feel entirely comfortable, so have pretty much completely transitioned to take out with an occasional patio outdoor dining experience. You know, like I said, it's just it just kind of forces you to get creative, especially with photography. When you look at a food writer, so much of it nowadays is photography. We have such a short attention span, and uh, the pictures just have to be good to great. And it's hard to to do that with takeout food. So you just have to get very creative. You have to uh, really rely on natural lighting. You have to not speed when you can go home. You don't want to hit any road bumps and disturb any of the food in your to-go containers. So I guess the bottom line is just just getting very creative with what I do, and you know, still trying to feature these restaurants as, as well as I can. Yeah, I mean, that makes some point sense. Is it also, though, too, the, the fear of not getting it as fresh as you can because there's a travel element? Oh, absolutely. And I have to take that into my writing as well. I guess I've maybe admittedly become a little softer in my critiques over the last few months just because you have to understand you're not getting like the true finished product like you would dining in a restaurant. But it also made me transition to more untraditional settings. I've really dove into the Little Rock or actually the central Arkansas food truck scene, which has been very exciting. So that, you know, that's an excellent option for people that aren't comfortable going into a restaurant right now. And what I've discovered over the past several months is is this area has really had a resurgence in food trucks, not just the amount of food trucks, but the quality of the food that's been coming out of them. And it's really been a lot of fun to to report on that. I imagine too. Yeah. A friend of mine lives in, in the Benton area and they have such a burgeoning and very diverse food truck scene. I mean, and food scene in general, that whole entire place has just really flourished in the last handful of years. But Little Rock too, like it really is exciting to see all of these different options and so many cool ones. As a food fan, I, I wish I could say food lover, but I don't know that I know have enough of a diversified palate to really say, call that myself that. But it's really exciting to see. And I'm sure for you as, as a food lover first and a food writer second, must be really exciting. Yeah, it is. And it, it, it's just all about finding the different things that are out there. You know, one of the things that, that it's been been a lot of fun to cover is when the Black Lives Matter you know, really took hold over the last few months. And I had readers reach out to me and they wanted a list of black owned restaurants. 
And mm. I had a few in mind that I've been to, but I reached out to my audience, my readers, and I asked for suggestions. And, you know, I had a list of maybe 15 personally. And within an hour, just from all the suggestions, we had 75 Black-owned restaurant suggestions just in Little Rock. And with uh, and like an hour later, we had over 100 and we created this image that's been shared probably thousands of times by now. But it was just real eye-opening, and it's made me focus on a lot of these places that I didn't even know existed. And yeah. you know, that, I'm someone who prides myself in covering the entire food scene in Little Rock, and it was almost embarrassing how many of these places I've missed or not even heard about. Much like the food trucks, it's been a lot of fun to go to these places places that most people have never heard of and to be able to report on them and to get others to, to try them out. And the food has been just so good. One that really stands out, another food truck is Jude's Delight. I just finished writing a piece on them for Only in Arkansas. One of the better cheeseburgers you'll find in town, Lindsay's Barbecue. It's been around for, I think, 50 years, right across the river in North Little Rock. Mm -hmm. Their barbecue is great, but they also have just wonderful fried chicken. I get asked all the time who has the best fried chicken, and that's that's probably the best fried chicken I've eaten in the area. So it's just been a lot of fun to try to find these different areas that maybe I haven't covered as well as I should have in the past and to be doing that over the last few months. That is the bright spot too about having, I would imagine, that sizable audience too is that everybody unofficially is out there taste testing this stuff for you so you get a really good idea of all of these like, what's your favorite place or what's your favorite food? And there are plenty of people too that just eat for fuel but there are also a ton of people that eat for the taste and, and these different delightful flavorful meals. Everybody has an opinion on food because it's one of the rare uniters so that must be really cool too because it's just like you ask a question and you get hundreds of answers yeah that's from day one that's always been the thing i've loved and, and it's one of the things i really wanted from the blog is is that interaction and i've it fuels me in what i do and quite honestly it, it's such a help in what i do because when you can have i don't know four or five people let's say recommend a restaurant and i have to drive 45 minutes to get to that restaurant let's say it's in pine bluff for example yeah it's really nice to know that you're not going in there blind like is this going to be a good experience now i'm not saying it's definitely going to be a good a good experience but you certainly or i certainly stand a much better chance when it's been reader recommended by not just one person but several people sure. and that really helps with what i'm doing because you know i'm not i'm not your traditional food critic i'm not looking to tear down a restaurant in any by any means i mean I'm, i provide constructive criticism but i really love reporting on the good and there is nothing more exciting in what I do than finding a place that's under the radar whether it's in Little Rock or Pine Bluff or Conway and having an amazing experience oftentimes recommended by others and then I get to come home type up an article or post a picture and it's just so rewarding when you know that people can see that and then it inspires them to go check it out and suddenly you get 10 or 15 people to trying out a restaurant that they've never been before and that really helps uh, a place and to, for me it's just it's just beyond rewarding oh i imagine yeah just the idea too that you find this gem you love it you write about it and then as if you know when you're submitting it or posting it the excitement of uh oh i can't wait for you to check this out because you know certain people you know will flock to that and like get to experience in a very interesting like um communal way the same thing you did that's really cool yeah and i, I have such an appreciation because i've come from i've lived most of my life in big cities houston then to boston i've been in little rock for eight years now and i appreciate kind of the coziness of Little Rock. It's it's a kind of a, 
a big town or, or small city to me. And what I mean is I just enjoy that, that word of mouth. You can see it. When I was living in Houston and I wrote something good about a restaurant, I could never tell whether I was, I was impacting the place. Yeah. Here you can really see that. And I just, I just can't tell you how rewarding it is for me. It's really what, what drives me to be able to do that. And it just, it just feels so good. And, and to, to have people involved in that and to give credit where credit's due, you know, when, when someone recommends a restaurant to me, I make sure that, that they know that they were a huge part of it. It wasn't just me. I can't find these places by myself. And, you know, just to help build that community is what I enjoy so much. That's so cool. You mentioned living in Houston, Boston, and here for eight years, but I was curious. This is something I've always for a long time said, and especially in the last however many years, it's only emerged even more. But I've always said that Arkansas, not just, I think, relative, honestly, relative to our size, but in general, it feels like like an underrated food town or just in and of itself a strong food town. But I don't have that context like you do. What do you think about that? Well, I think one of the biggest problems, if we're talking specifically Little Rock or even Arkansas, food-wise, I think it's a little bit of an identity crisis. You know, we're Mm -hmm. not really deep south. We're not Midwest. We're kind of right there in between. And, you know, our barbecue doesn't have its own identity. Uh, There's a lot of things that we're not really known for other than, like, cheese dip. Uh, yeah, so I think, there's not a signature dish. Yeah, there's not a signature dish. I think we've always kind of struggled with that. And we're kind of finding our place. And I think our place is revolving around these these wonderful farms and, and all the products that we can get nearby. And now these restaurants are, are embracing that over the last several years. And I do think uh, Little Rock specifically, I think it is I've often refer, used that adjective burgeoning. I, I often refer to it as that you know, for our size, we have so much. And I think a lot of times people feel like we have so little and we lack, but I'm, I'm like, Little Rock is not big. And for the size, we really have a lot of good options and it's only getting better. I see that diversity. I see, for example, Filipino food is really starting to increase in popularity here. Yeah. There's a new Filipino truck that just opened up a couple months ago. So these things are, are very exciting. So, you know, just like the hidden gem restaurants that I've been finding over the last few years, I think in general, Little Rock is a hidden gem. And I know that because anytime I have a friend or a relative that comes here, they're just always so surprised at uh, what we have to offer it, whether it's food, coffee, you know, great breweries. And that's, that's really nice when you get someone who doesn't live here to affirm that. Absolutely. Like, it is wild to me just how diverse the food scene is. I mean, just thinking about it off the top of my head, I mean, yeah, you have uh, Mexican and we we have like the Southern done in a very interesting way, sure. But then you have, you know, Middle Eastern food, Sierra Leonean food, Indian food, Argentinian food. Like, I don't know. In my head, I just wouldn't have expected us to have such diversity. And it's so cool to be able to eat that food here. Yeah, and I think it's important. And that's one of the things I really try to do with my blog is to encourage people to try out these things. I think that's one of the biggest hurdles we have here in this area is folks are so used to what they like and it's a challenge to get them out of their comfort zone yeah it's hard to get people in little rock to drive an extra 10 minutes out of their way whether you're living out west and coming into midtown or vice versa that's always been a challenge and again 
for someone like me who has lived in a place like Houston where it takes 30 minutes to drive down the street, you know, <laughs> I feel like we have it so good here and yeah. everything's close. There's really, relatively speaking, no traffic. And I live in Midtown. It's 15, 20 minutes for me to get anywhere north Little Rock. And people act like crossing the river here is such a, a big deal. I just feel like it's we're so fortunate that even things that we think are far away are really not. And I just really want to encourage people to get out there and try new things because if you don't support these places they're not going to last long especially now with covid going on we have to now more than ever really support these local places or or they're just not going to be around i could not agree more i mean especially to your point during these times but in general i think about that and i'm a big proponent longtime proponent of local businesses including obviously restaurants these businesses are what give us our vibrancy our personality it's what sets any place apart that it gives it the individuality so thankfully curbside has helped you to kind of mitigate that for some of these for a lot of these places hopefully and hopefully you know in, in terms of a convenience and a new kind of revenue stream it will continue even in if this is even a thing a post-covid world but to your point i cannot encourage anyone enough to just eat and experience local businesses yeah nothing frustrates me more than when i post something let's say, let's say a dish and mm-hmm. i get someone comments and they'll say like that's terrible i I won't eat that. And I was like, well, have you ever tried it? Well, no. (laughs) So how do you know? How do you know it's terrible? And again, like people, they'll close off areas of town just because they feel like it's too far. I'm like, really? Where do you live? Oh, I live in um, the South on Main area. Well, that's 10 minutes from your house. So it's worth it. We just have such a mindset. So many people have this closed mindset regarding food in this town. And it might take a little effort, but these places, so many of these places that you don't know about are just right there. And I can't tell you how many times I've posted a picture or or written something like, and people are like, wow, I, I didn't even know that's been here. I'm like, yeah, it's been there for 30 years, you know? (laughs) So, and again, it's one of the rewarding things is if you can reach just a couple people like that in Little Rock, you can make a big difference for a restaurant. So, you know, I've been doing this for over 10 years now, and I often think if I stayed in Houston, would I still be doing this? And I don't know if I would be. It's so big. There's so many people doing what you do. Uh, yeah. that it kind of wears on you. And when you come to a place like Little Rock, there's instead of 100 people doing what you do, there might be four or five. So if you're willing to work hard and put in that time, uh, you can really make an impact. And I think moving to Little Rock when I did so many years ago now, thinking that my food writing career was over, it's it's just been the opposite. It, it, is, it has escalated it beyond anything I could ever imagine. I know in the about section of the Mighty Rib, it mentioned that a dining experience at Oklahoma Joe's in Kansas City is what inspired the MightyRib.com. What did that do for you exactly? Well, I'd always wanted to get back into writing. I had a very influential uncle who was a sports writer growing up. He was the beat writer for the New York Yankees. Oh wow! Then he moved to Boston. He was the beat writer for the Red Sox, and you know he was he was that cool uncle that you just he had the best life, and I loved it. I was a sports writer in college in Texas and uh I really enjoyed that for the time I did it. And you know, I was teaching, I had a family, fast forward several years, and, and I wanted a hobby and I wanted to kind of flex that my, that writing muscle again. Mm-hmm. And I'd always, you know how you said, like, I didn't know anything about food, I just know I, I loved eating. <laughs> I had no <laughs> knowledge at all. 
Yeah. But I, I've always had a passion for food and cooking and, and dining out. And uh, my wife and I took a, a road trip. We flew up to Kansas City for the weekend and we just, we ate at as many places as we could. And the first place we ate at called, back then it was called Oklahoma Jones, Joe's. It's now changed to just Joe's Barbecue. But it was in a gas station. Yeah, there was a big plaque on the front that said Anthony Bourdain's one of his favorite 19 places to eat in the world. And oh, it got me so excited. And, and <laughs> I sat down, I had those ribs and they were just the most magnificent thing I'd ever eaten. And we went home the next day and I woke up that morning at five o'clock in the morning. I was like, you know, I, th I think I can write about food every single day. And I got on one of those free blog sites, blogspot.com. And I said, what the, what the heck am I going to call this thing? I, I want to write a blog, but I don't know what to call it. And I was like, that was an amazing rib. That rib is going to be my inspiration. I just said, that's going to be called the mighty rib. And that was it. I had no idea where it would lead. I just knew that I wanted to write a little bit each day and I stuck with it. And I did. I wrote something every single single day for the first year. That was my goal. And then uh, it caught on. I got a freelance writing position with the Houston Press, and that's where things just really kind of exploded. My love for covering food. They were sending me on all sorts of assignments, and I just loved it. And that's where it really kind of blossomed from there. It makes me think about how, um, and I'm not saying it's the same thing by any stretch, but just with my starting the show, it just reminds me that, and this is possibly an oversimplification, but if there's something you love, like me, I love doing this, and you love writing about food, and, and that's turned into this really awesome writing career about it it's like try not to overthink just do it just do it absolutely you know so many people think well the mighty ribs it have some hidden meanings or something no i just did it i just went for it and there was no not much thought put into it you know one thing i'll say and you'll probably can relate to this as well is so many people especially 10 years ago when blogging was just exploding so many people think they're going to sit down start a website and once that thing goes out in the world they're going to be popular and famous the truth is no one read my stuff for the first six months maybe yeah. my wife maybe a friend from high school and i think what happens is after the first month or two when people start something like that they realize that no one's really reading my stuff they just quit and the difference between for that for me was that i didn't care who was reading it. I was doing it for myself. I loved writing and being expressive and reaching out and connecting with it if it was just three or four people. And I always said, you know what, by the following month, I'm going to turn three or four people into 10 people and yeah. just keep slowly building that organically. And I did not let numbers drive me. I think people see like the amount of people I reach on social media now and they think, oh, that's, that's a big number. I'm like, well, that's great. But it took me 10 years to get that. And for the first several years, there wasn't a lot of people. But again, I didn't care. I was doing it for myself. You know, do, you're you doing this podcast. That same premise has to drive you, you know, like absolutely you're doing it because you love it. If you reach a couple people at the start, that's great. But, you know, if you keep building, if you keep enjoying it and you keep having these great conversations, that's what's important. No, I could not agree more. I think the worst thing you could do is to start something with the expectation of some form of success. To your point, you need to just do the thing you love and just kind of put the reps in and just keep doing it. Just be true to yourself because I think people innately just respond to earnestness and authenticity. I think those are important things. If you're true to yourself, people tend to really gravitate toward that stuff, especially when it's something as communal and beloved as food is in your case and get better at it 
And hopefully, you know, you can make something out of it. But at the very least, you're doing something you love. So that's very validating. Yeah, absolutely. And from day one, I've held to this 10 years later, I never wanted, and I think this is a big part of it because it it speaks to the authenticity. I think that the audience really connects with this. I've taken money out of the equation. There's no money involved with the mighty rib there's no advertising dollars there's no one affecting the way i my opinions that is very rare if you go on my site there's no ads there's no banners nothing you know i've had people through the years friends contributing writers they help me but i i I can't pay them and and so if i can't pay them i'm not going to pay myself through that so i've always wanted to keep it as pure as i can now have I gotten freelance jobs that have stemmed from that? Paying freelance jobs? Absolutely. But I always view the Mighty Rib as my home base from everything. And, you know, freelance jobs come and go. I know that. Like if I'm writing for a place, they can say, say tomorrow, we don't, we don't want you anymore and that's it. But I always have the Mighty Rib to go back to. And so I always maintain it. I don't care how busy I am with other things. It is my pride and joy. And just because I'm doing something for AY or only an ARC or whoever, I'm never going to forget the work I'm doing and the Mighty Rib because that's, that's really where my audience is. And I think so much of that is they know like they're getting the real opinion. They're not getting anything messed with by advertising dollars and things like that. And it's I, I think uncompromised. Yeah. yeah, I think the audience appreciates that. Absolutely. And it's uh, it's kind of like they say, never forget where you come from. Mm-hmm. That's the mighty river for you. Like that's still to your point, still your safe haven, your home base, that thing, other kind of tertiary things can go away, but that will always be there. I think also, you know, something can be said for people counting on you too, in a way. They look forward to these writings, to these takes. And I know for me, maintaining just this release schedule, it's like, I'm not saying that, there are thousands of people that are like, my life will not continue unless I have an episode every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. But I do know that some people, that's part of their routine or their schedule. And I take that very seriously. Boy, I'm so glad you touched on that because that was a driving force early on into this day. When I was researching other blogs before I got into it, I was looking at them and thinking, you know, they are great and they're beautiful, but why would I follow this blog if they're only submitting something once every other month? There's no routine. There's zero routine there. So as a reader, why would I latch on to that when I don't know when I can expect something? And that's why I got into that routine is, all right, every single day, the reader, whoever it is, if it's five people, they're going to know they're going to get something every day. And it just kind of grew from there. Well, every day, now I post probably three to four times a day. I do certain things on certain days because people love a routine. They, They get used to that. And you're right, to do this podcast, Podcast, it's not going to work if you're doing it like every other month. People are just yeah, like, ah, oh, exactly. you know. But if they know, they can count on Brandon to say, hey, this one's coming out this week or, or every Wednesday, every Wednesday and Sunday or whatever. People love that they can count on on that. You know, my readers know that they can count on four or five articles a week. They can count on Monday morning getting a stupid yay or nay and you know choosing <laughs> between this and that. You know, people like I think some people laugh. The reason I do all these things is I, I want to connect with every type of eater, every type of foodie, whether it's a novice or 
someone who's really deep into it. And those yay or nays, that everyone can relate to that. Pick this or that. I try to really go the full spectrum of food. You know, I, I do reviews, I do interviews, I do recipe development, things like that. I, I want the, the entire spectrum of food and I want to appeal to the novice as well as the intense foodie. You know, and I think that in terms of like your, for example, posing questions to people about food, I think everybody has an opinion on these things and people want to be heard. And that goes a long way. And it's also exciting just even in the like the comments, just the conversations that that in and of itself creates with people. Again, that is uh, one of the relatively few, like, you know, kind of universal commonalities is food. And yeah, you know, there are people that have just different levels of preference, whether that's more of a, a chain or something that is more of a local place that has homegrown ingredients. And, and each of those are valid because each one contextualizes the other. But that's really cool just to start that conversation with people. Yeah, I, in general, I just, and I'm sure you can feel this from this, our conversation. I love getting people talking. That, that really... Yes. fuels me. I get so many ideas from others and I just love that. And I love getting people talking with other people through my threads on Facebook or Instagram or whatnot. You know, I've had people on the blog through the years, like they'll, they've connected with distant family members they hadn't talked to in years. That's happened. I mean, that the crazy stuff like that, where it's just really cool and satisfying when, when, again, you can connect with a community like Central Arkansas, where it's not that big. We all are kind of closely connected and, and it's, it's kind of fun to be in the middle of that. No, I imagine like that's kind of like the ongoing joke, a small town Arkansas, because it really is like maybe geographically it's of size. Granted, there's not like the biggest population density, but it's almost like six degrees of Kevin Bacon. You're not that far removed from seemingly everyone in that regard, which is kind of like to your point, being able to kind of quantify the impact you pointing out a restaurant or a meal is you said it, but it's really cool. Yeah. And on the flip side is, you know, I write critical things and, you know, you're going to face the music. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't I can't tell you how many times I've run into like a restaurateur at Kroger, you know, oh boy. and uh, but, you know, it's I think there's a level of respect and professionalism and it's never too awkward. But yeah, the, there's no hiding in Little Rock. And I, yeah, and that's I, true. Or, yeah. And I, that was awkward for me for the first few li years I lived here. It still is a little weird to go to the grocery store and always see someone, you know, you know, when you live in a big city, you could go five years and not see <laughs> <laughs> so so but you just kind of have to embrace it and love that about the community like you said earlier too that it's not like you're the critic and you know rat tattooey you're not writing hit pieces you know just like me because movies are a huge thing for me I want to love all of them. I want them all to be great. Granted, if all of them are great, none of them are great. But you go into it with all of the hope in the world. You're not looking to just trash it and to just revel in that. Absolutely. And, and one of the things I've really improved on, I think, through the years is picking my words better, you know, through mm -hmm. writing and through comments. Realizing that there are human beings behind, behind the food, behind the restaurants. And you can get your point across and let the reader know, like, that wasn't my favorite dish without destroying a place. So they, they sure. know you're genuine. They know that maybe I need to pass on this. I, you know, I just don't like, I don't want to offend anybody, but I also want to get my genuine opinion across. And that has taken a few years to really get better with that and just to kind of come into your own and, and feel comfortable with that. And, you know, just like a chef or a restaurant, the longer you do it, you get better at it. I feel like the longer I've done this, I've improved in certain areas 
where you know you just don't want to sensationalize anything for more clicks you just want to be real and genuine and accurate and be considerate of people in the industry i guess that's what really if there's something that gets under my skin with commenters in general not necessarily on my blog but you know i, I deal with that every now and then is that when you write something online you feel like you're just kind of vomiting and it doesn't affect anyone or no one's seeing that yeah. well there's a lot of people that see it and it could really hurt them it could hurt their family members and the longer I spend around folks in the industry you realize like these are real human beings they have feelings they have emotions and it's important to articulate your, your opinions in a way that is not going to destroy someone but it, it can give them a constructive criticism or it can really build them up and and that's something again I wasn't great at that at the beginning and it's something I've just been working on through the years and I feel like I've gotten at least I hope I've gotten better with that words matter and just because you're not saying this to somebody's face doesn't mean obviously they're not going to have a similar effect and if anything text can be even more impactful by the very nature of if you're in a bad mood the mood or the tone you attach to what you're reading can be dramatically different and vice versa the thing i love about language is somebody with i have a journalism degree but what i love about like language and kind of writing kind of what can be the puzzle of writing because flipping a word or changing one word or even taking what is technically a letter away can completely impact both a sentence and a piece. I love that puzzle of it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when you're dealing with stuff online, we put tone, our own tone behind the comments. Yeah. Like you said, how we're maybe it's how we're feeling that day. It can affect anything and everything. It can escalate something. And as someone who's more of a moderator now with things on, on social media, you know, I really try to keep the tone as peaceful as possible. But I understand that people are passionate and I think that's great. I want that passion. I want that to come through. But I also want folks to be respectful of the people in the industry, especially now. I mean, people right now are hurting. And yeah. I try to make a little statement every once a week on the blog where I'm just like, you know, tip well, treat people well, be respectful. These are important things to do right now, especially when people so many people are down, they're frustrated, they're angry, they're hurt. And it, it's important to, uh, you know, a positive comment. Just last night, I, I do a thing where just leave a positive comment, any positive comment, tag the person so they can read it. You know, you can change someone's day that way. Tag a restaurant that you had a great meal. You know, maybe that restaurant opened that night and they had three customers. You know, yeah. maybe and maybe they're down and out and maybe one comment can kind of help them get to tomorrow, you know, with their business. I, I don't want to like. No, I know what you mean. Yeah, like, it's yeah. not, I mean, you're not being wishy-washy or anything, in my opinion. Yeah. I think about this and I do talk about it too on here sometimes. In this situation, this truly extraordinary, unfathomable situation of which we all are going through. Be kind to people and be kind to yourself too. And practice empathy. We're all hurting and we're all in some form of shock and we're all trying to process it and we're all trying to do the best we can. And it's just, it's just so tough. But I tried to like be nice to people or see how they are and compliment people because I don't know how they are doing and nobody does, you know, and it's just, I don't know, put your best foot forward and just be kind to people. Yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, it's just something I, I want to promote as much as I can, especially now. I mean, it's just, it's just a very difficult time. And people ask me all the time, you know, what's the restaurant industry going to look like next year or a few months from now? I don't know. 
You know, yeah. I don't know if, you know, I've seen the number of 50% of local restaurants will be out of business. I don't know if that's true. I don't think it will be. I hope the hell it's not. But all we can do is just do the best we can today. And I think a big part of that is just like we've been talking about the last few minutes is just to really be positive. That doesn't mean you have to have your head in the sand and, and be wishy-washy, but man, yeah. a little positivity goes a long way. And part of that positivity is just going to a place that you've never been to before. And I'll give you an example, coffee houses. Coffee houses are a great place. If you don't feel comfortable dining in, you can pop in or you know, a quick coffee or get them to take it out to your car. And you know, if you get a $4 coffee, tip $4 on it. Tip 100%. You know, 100%. You, you can make a barista's day. I walk into some of these coffee shops, I don't know if they've had any customers. Just little things like that, you know, that's four bucks where you can really change someone's outlook. And it, like I said, if you have the means and you can do it financially, things like that, do it. I've been encouraging food crawls, progressive food dinners, walking from place to place for different courses, spreading that love to several restaurants in a small area where you can be outside and do all that. There's just so many things. Even if you don't financially right now, if times are tough, you can make a huge impact on these restaurants. Maybe you had a great meal four months ago. Well, go on Yelp if you have to, or or wherever you leave a review and leave a very specific positive review or share something that a restaurant posted so everyone that's your friends gets to see it. I mean, these are things that you can do, you know, if you just want to do a kind of like an act of kindness each day. These are very easy, simple acts of kindness that cost you nothing except for your time. And uh, that's something I really want to encourage people to do. Great call. Is there anything you want to point people toward just before we wrap it up? Well, if, if you enjoy food, and you, I'd certainly love if you followed a lot of my stuff. I have a website, themightyrib.com. Facebook is where I do a lot of my damage. All you have to do is search The Mighty Rib. Instagram as well, and Twitter. And you can probably just go to those places, and I post everything else I write on those places. I'm, I'm Right now, I'm... I'm um, a food editor at AY Magazine. I've really been doing that for the last few months and really have enjoyed that and getting to cover this, the food scene even more. It's just been so rewarding. I'm really thankful I get to do it each day. That's awesome. Thank you again for your time. I really love this conversation. Absolutely. I, I really appreciate you inviting me and it's been a lot of fun for me as well. Awesome. Thank you all for listening. Wear a mask. Be kind to yourself and be kind to other people and it's okay not to be okay. Thank you again. Bye.